Welcome, everybody, to this bonus episode of Trash Future. Bonus. 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 Golden bonus. Golden bonus episode. Golden bonus. We're all jacking off. You got your golden bonus out. All I'm going to do this episode is is like golden arm. (laughs) That's all I can do. That's all that's in my wheelhouse now. Mm. Yeah, I'm a a golden arms dealer. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Damn. (laughs) Yo, we are here in part two of our two-part exploration of the company Quibi. And as promised, we did all of this stuff about... um, uh, about the interest rates and union busting and stuff that Quibi does mm. in the previous episode. Mm. This is the fun one where we talk about what what all of that was for. Mm. All of that was for was to get this content out to you, uh, one of the like 10 people that actually watches Quibi. Uh, <laughs> so uh, it's Riley, Milo, Hussein, and Alice for TF. And then... Uh, our very good friends representing the podcast Beep Beep Lettuce from America, uh, or from whatever, like, America. From, America. from the Minneapolis People's Soviets. Yeah, yeah. the yeah. New York City Free Zone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> from, the, from the New York City Free Zone, uh, it is Chris and Bryn from Beep Beep Lettuce. How you, how you doing? Hi, we we're are good. I'm high on Quibi. I've just humped a bunch of Quibi and it's amazing. Yeah. Like yeah. those my anti drugs posters from way back. This is your brain on Quibi. Quibi is my anti drug. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I dropped a Quibi in the club. Now I'm sweating. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what we've done is we have all watched several episodes, quick bites of Quibi, and we all love Quibi now. And we all are talking oh, yeah. about the golden yeah, arm lady quip forever. Heads. We're all yeah. quip heads. We all quibs. <laughs> I don't think this is going to make MTV's it into quibs. It's like small quibs. My house is so small. Jeffrey Katzenberg showing off his house after he goes bankrupt from starting Quibi. <laughs> I live in this box. <laughs> the thing is, they do that. They have a small architecture show where they design dog houses for the dogs of celebrities. They what? have that. Oh, no. is that what show is? I was like, what is this? No. Like, architecture? Is that what it's called? Architecture. Yeah, it's architecture. <laughs> I don't believe this. You, you're making this up to test us. No. The <laughs> problem with Quibi, it all feels fake. Every one of them feels like a parody. Like, yeah, this satire. is the thing, right? Like, yeah, every single show that I watched on there, I was either laughing incredibly hard at things I shouldn't have been laughing at, or I was just straight dissociating. Like <laughs> some of this did not feel real to me. Like it was lost time. All right. So yeah. here's the thing. I think we all want to start with the same show here, uh, which is Fifty States of Fright. Because I oh really, boy. really want to talk about everything. That <laughs> the spooky zone. Yeah, um, Fifty States of Fright was Fifty of Fright was the one I picked because I thought, well, a I'm a big horror nerd. Um, but B, I just thought like the concept of a very, very short thing that you watch on your phone is the worst way to watch a horror anything. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, it's just Sam Raimi just be- comes up on your phone and is like, boo. Like you guys, <laughs> I think Riley, you told me like the whole idea of this thing was that 
they wanted people to be watching shows between commercials of other shows or some shit like, like that or like uh while you're on the bus or waiting in the queue for a cup of coffee yeah. or getting arrested any situation <laughs> any situation where you're incredibly distracted is not you're not going to be scared so i don't know what yeah. this was they when were you're on the plane to the private harsh. island and you just got time to watch a hundred quibbies <laughs> it's funny to imagine someone fucking quibby. Somebody in line at Starbucks, like looking at their phone, and then they're just like, ah! like screaming. It's just, it's that's just an anxiety disorder. Quibby is just yeah. giving people an anxiety disorder. I'm, I'm, I'm having a huge Quibi. screen put in my house in the exact aspect ratio of a phone, so that I can watch Quibby on the big screen. <laughs> no, you have to get a remote controlled screen so that you can, because there's one of the shows I can't remember which one it was, is designed to take advantage of the technology. Where you turn the phone so that oh, you damn. can feel like oh, the reporter. You can feel like the reporter looking at the text messages they get this in a way that wasn't definitely just shoehorning this technology into something. Black <laughs> mirror <laughs> shit. So stupid. Okay, so Bryn, please lead us on a journey through okay. Fifty States of Fright. <laughs> so Fifty States of Fright is written and directed by Sam Raimi. Uh, I assume it's an anthology show, but we only watched I only watched two episodes, and the first two episodes are the same story. Um, which were called yeah, that's three parts. It's three parts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, they yeah. they, and, they uh, wrap it up in the next five minutes. <laughs> yeah, literally, yeah, literally yeah. yes. And then and then they the one do. after this, the one that we're all going to talk about, the the golden arm. The one after that is about is Kansas, and it's the world's biggest ball of twine. That's literally oh. the premise. <laughs> oh, that's it's just roadside attractions. That's yes. just front yeah, but the giant, but yeah, but in in that one, the like giant ball of twine sucks in a little girl. Um, <laughs> oh, it's, it's just the blob, but also a Weird Al song. Yeah, <laughs> just okay. Push the so twine aside. Oh, none of us okay. could have predicted that the world's biggest ball of twine would also be a pedophile. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? Thing we wanted to happen. All right, so in Michigan. So in so in Michigan, uh, this episode was called, or this story is called, "The Golden Arm," and it is about a very fancy lass who lives in Michigan in what appears to be the fifties or something. Not, unclear what year it is, but an old wise black man is telling a story for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't need to be in this show at all, but it makes it feel weird. Um, mm. But he's telling us this story about uh, a, a young, beautiful lady who's the hottest thing in town, and she knows it. And uh, she's very beautiful, and she's married to this guy, or married to this guy, who's a... This Chris Hemsworth-looking motherfucker. Yeah, who's who's like got Chris a nice... Hemsworth. A big beard, and he's he's very sexy or whatever. And uh, they he make furniture. He facial expressions. That's really important. <laughs> <laughs> he has almost... yeah. I don't know if there's two. It's mostly one. <laughs> I guess there's the anger and then nothing. So he uh, he's supposed to be felling a tree one day and his his uh, co-worker can't come. So he asks his wife to help him fell a tree. And while felling a tree, um, the tree lands on her arm and he has to cut it off with an axe, which is gross. And I will give this scene uh, points for making me not want to look at it because it was a little bit in- gross, um, mm. but not scary. You knew it was going to happen the minute they go to the forest. And yeah. then um, after that, she's very sad and hates everybody and herself because she's horrible. Oh, she's an ableist. She hates herself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she, she, 
Yeah, he, 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 he like gives her a prosthetic arm, which looks nothing like any prosthetic arm ever made in the last hundred years. It looks yeah, it like looks the Terminator like... 2's skeleton. Yeah, and and yes. she's like, yeah, this arm sucks, I don't want it. It looks like the, yeah, the Terminator, and she's like, it's hideous, I'm disgusted by it, and so everyone is fine with it, no one cares, but she's like, I will kill myself. Yeah, so um, some kids are like, huh, and then they just like kind of go about their business. Yeah, yeah there's these like, weird like pratfall scenes where she just keeps like dropping her groceries and stuff. Yeah, and she, there's, like, there's, there's like literally a disabled lady. Get yeah, a hand, bitch. Literally 15 <laughs> seconds of shot of her fucking up a baguette. Uh, it, just... <laughs> like, what does she want those children to do? Be like, looking hot. Mrs. Horror Story. Yes, <laughs> literally, yes, because later, when she gets the golden arm, a, a, another little girl comes up to her and is like, damn, you must be a fucking princess or something. Who who, who made that golden arm for right. you? And she's you like, that's stacked, right. <laughs> right, so she, she walks into her husband's barn at some point, who is designing on AutoCAD a new arm for her. So that it's prettier, but it still kind of just looks like the Terminator arm. I don't yeah, he's, know. He's he's a wood guy. Like literally, yeah. we've seen him mm. make tables, and then he just like turns his hand to like an, a prosthetic mm. arm. It's so cool. Yeah, it's so cool that like this is just clearly the first draft of a story. <laughs> and Sam Raimi had to be like, uh, okay, what next? How about just fuddling around in his junk drawer? A ball of twine. <laughs> like, the one yeah, the guy. next one is killer paper clips. Yeah, the one guy, the one guy doing coke at the other end of the table. Where they're like, well, she's not got the arm, and she's depressed because the kids are mocking her for not having an arm. And this one guy's like, what? Give that bitch a gold arm. <laughs> but it's creepy. But I I love that she goes into the barn, and again, there's like, yeah, he's a lumberjack who's just like, anyway, I've I've designed like a neural interface. Yeah, I learned yeah. how to smelt. <laughs> <laughs> also, it's the fifties, I thought, or something, and but he's apparently uh -huh. using an AutoCAD software that <laughs> feels mm, very yeah. incongruent at the um in this show, and she's so like, like theory, he's gold member. Yeah, it's yeah. Warhammer. <laughs> he it's all said Warhammer gold. 40k. <laughs> Gotta be what it is. Okay, sorry, carry on. So she's like, wow, that looks cool. Do you really think you could make that? And she, he's like, totally, I totally can. And then well, we she's can't like, afford it. She's like, could you make it out of gold, though? <laughs> and he's like, no, <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> and you know how much gold is worth. <laughs> and she's not like, like gold plated, just like fucking solid gold arm. <laughs> you yeah, can't make mechanical shit out of gold. It's too soft. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. even make any sense. And so surely, surely a neural interface, like a perfect neural interface would cost way more than, I don't know, a bar of gold. <laughs> yeah. And so he's like, no, you cannot do that. And she's like, don't you fucking love me? And he's like, <laughs> yeah, god damn it. <laughs> and so that he makes it out of gold. And it apparently, according to a magical wise black man, uh, they have to sell their, or put a second mortgage on their house and sell all of his like bandsaws and shit. Just so he can I think make. Marx this... wrote about that. Yeah, volume <laughs> uh, three of Capital. That's right. Which at all... any given time, at any given time, the equity of ninety percent of Americans is tied up in bandsaws. <laughs> Just sell your bandsaw. 
Like, you have I nothing love, I to lose to put, but your band sauce. Yeah, I love to put my house up as collateral so that I can give my wife a preposterously heavy arm that will like damage her shoulders. Well, right. not her shoulders, Milo. No, her, mm. her lungs. Mm. Because shortly after this, uh, I guess she shows it off. I can't even remember. These are so short. She shows it off a few times and then immediately gets... Uh, what is it? Pulmonary gold well, disease. Well, yeah. She has yeah. a yeah. cough first. She has yeah, a she gets a cough. She gets, she gets a cough, and then and then the, and then the, the like wise black man is like, then she got sick, and it's smash cut to her in a hospital bed, looking yeah. all kinds of fucked up, and the doctor is literally like, and we, I, I think. Every single one of us took psychic damage hearing this line. The doctor's like, yeah, no, your bones fucked up. You got too much gold in them bones. You gotta have to take off that golden arm. Is it she have, you have pulmonary gold disease. Yeah. Ma- ma'am, ma'am, you 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 you've too much gold. You, you be yeah. shopping too much. <laughs> mm. And she's like, fuck it, I'll die before I take off this awesome golden arm. There's nothing about her character at this point that has been like she loves gold. That's <laughs> no, not- she's just yeah. super vain. Like that's yeah. literally the thing. It's literally just women be shopping. That's the whole premise <laughs> of this. Take off my arm. I love gold. <laughs> <laughs> just, so wear, just wear like a glove or something between your skin mm. and the gold. Why would you be absorbing gold <laughs> through your? It's not a reactive. No. Ma- how, what? No, I won't. I'm gonna <laughs> wear the gold on my skin. I like how it feels expensive. And like her skin is melting off like she's in Chernobyl because of this fucking gold. It's getting into her lungs somehow. Yeah. Yeah. But again, Uh. to be clear, there's no CGI. I don't think we ever see the hand move. We don't see her wound. There's no production value at all. Well, they spent all the money on a real gold arm is the problem. (laughs) 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 Why do you think Quippy got that $2 billion valuation? (laughs) They're like, well, they have gold and that's worth quite a bit. So even if all the shows fail, you know, we can still sell the gold. Arm. Gold arm, get a bandsaw, become a factory. <laughs> then for production. Jeffrey <laughs> Katzenberg and Meg Whitman uh, just become, uh, they go from high-flying CEOs and investors to simple woodworkers. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah. No, she di- she fucking dies, right? Oh, yeah. Like so They spent she- all the money on the fucking, uh, the cutting off the arm scene, and then she just dies uneventfully. Yeah, no, 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 not uneventfully. She like grabs him with oh, the right. golden arm, and she's yeah. like, in a super fucked up voice, which is weird. Bury me with my golden arm, promise. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, okay, I promise to bury you with a golden arm. You fucking weirdo. Yeah, so sound like good. Trump when yeah. he's being serious. Bury me with the golden arm. It's gonna be really good. Gonna be really good. <laughs> I, I feel like this needs a statham. Like, listen, sunshine. If I don't get listen, buried sunshine. with a golden arm. I'm gonna get buried with this golden arm in the next 15 minutes. So if something bad is gonna happen to you. Ominous voice. Yeah. <laughs> so what happens is, is that in the third episode, it's basically just he's like, ah, oh, fuck, I spent all my money on this golden arm. Yeah. Looks like I need to do something. I know yeah, where well, I can find second- some money. The second episode ends in the second episode ends with him like there's the there's the funeral and like she, he she's buried with the arm and he's like looking at it like god damn it I'm gonna need that um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's like his, playing his the real. piano ominously yeah. and then he just stops mm. and he's like I gotta get back that arm and he says to a picture on his wall I gotta get that back that arm and then yeah. just <laughs> he tries to the cemetery and the second thing ends. 
Yeah, so, it's, just, it's so Ryan, funny that he's playing the one? Nintendo Wii theme tune on piano, though. <laughs> 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 so that's the song. That's the song that you play when you've lost all your money in some kind of cockamamie prosthetic scheme. Yeah. Oh my god! I mean, uh, you then, okay, this the is, third one. The third this one. Is what, what happens? happens this is, is what happens when you bust unions yeah. uh, for your writers. You hear yeah, this? This is this yeah. is what happens. No, the third one. The third one opens up. He's in the graveyard. He's trying to get the golden arm off, and she's looking all kinds of fucked up, but also not really that fucked up. Like less than you would expect. She just looks like a zombie. Um, okay. And she's and she's in there with the golden arm, and he's trying to pull the golden arm off, and her eyes flick open. Woo! Big jump scare. Um, yeah. and he's like, well, must have been my imagination. And he closes her eyes again. Uh, <laughs> and then he can't get the arm off, so he has to hack her arm off with the goddamn axe okay, again. Yes. Why does this prosthetic arm not have a fucking release mechanism? <laughs> like, it has a perfect neural interface and it's made of solid gold, <laughs> but there's no button you can press to, like, loosen the grip. Yeah. Also, but he you- made it. Yeah, he hacks his wife's arm off with the axe again, and he takes the golden arm home. And then there's no bit of arm left in the in the golden arm. No, no, we don't even see him empty that shit out either. Like anyway, but he he takes the golden arm home, and then spooky shit starts happening. Windows start rattling, all the doors start banging open and shit. And the there are sounds of of horses neighing for some reason. I noticed that. No horses involved. The the picture of her looking all happy and like hot and everything flips, and now she's like outside the door with an axe on the picture. And this fucking dumbass is like, "Damn, that's fucked up. Better better not look at that picture some more." And she just like. She stalks into the house, right? And he runs upstairs and literally hides under a blanket um, from this like Child. fucking from this fucking zombie armless woman who has his yeah. axe because he threw it away in terror. Right? Also, he doesn't say or anything or make any noises from the time when he digs up the body to like pretty much the end. Like he just yeah. is pulling yeah. like a face, like he's trying to take a very difficult yeah. shit. Absolutely, yeah, that's, Hem- that's Hemsworth that's taking a massive talk- shit. That's so they don't have to pay him full scale. He's hiding <laughs> under this blanket with like holes in it, and she's like, Where is my golden arm? This is still Trump again, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and yeah, no. And, and so, like, he, he thrusts the golden arm out from underneath the blanket. He's like, Take it, take it back. Uh, and, and she takes the arm back, and then. Uh, she backs away, right, and he, t- the, he put he puts the cover down, all, all like uh, scared. Well, she like. seems like she's disappeared. Like it's kind of yeah. like, a, and, and yeah. you and you and you like, and as you are having the thought, oh, this is gonna full sense of security. She lunges out of the darkness at him with the axe and like cuts his throat open, mm-hmm. and then. Why? Yeah, oh. yeah I, I I don't know. And then we we cut back to the wise black man who tells us that they buried the two of them together again. And yeah. everybody in this county in Michigan knows that there's this golden arm down in this grave, but ain't nobody fool enough to go and dig it up. Yeah, it was legal mm. for her to kill him with the axe because of the castle doctrine. Actually, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Anyone steals your golden yeah. arm, it means you can All hit right. them with an axe. And so the moral Obviously. of the story is if you like it, you Women gotta put be an arm on it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I've noticed that we've we've gone tw- I mean we've gone twenty minutes on the single best show oh, on Quibi. Easy, easily. Well, yeah. <laughs> on, on the show where a woman loves shopping so much that she has an <laughs> arm made out of gold for some reason. Yeah. But uh, there is so much more crazy shit on on Quibi. I'd like to turn now to Judge Chrissy, 
with Chrissy oh. Teigen's pork. Oh. Same. This is oh. vegetables after that. Uh, yeah, I can't believe I watched this and not the Golden Arm episode. That I didn't incredible. watch this one. Why did we start with dessert? Why? This one, this one, this one was the hardest on me emotionally because it felt like I was just dissociating. Yes. <laughs> so I feel like that's, that's probably like a good place to start because listening, I, I only watched Chrissy's court on uh, Quibi and like listening to the golden arm stuff. I sort of like regret that I <laughs> didn't watch something like so insane, but at least kind of had a narrative to it. Like the least, like you could think things, you could think things along the lines of what the fuck did I just watch? But you could think stuff with Chrissy Teigen's court. Cause it, from what I remember, um, Chrissy Teigen's Court was one of like the flagship shows designed to kind of advertise. Quibi, oh yeah, right? it's it's and, on the homepage of the app. Yeah. So the way that I would start this is basically by saying that like Chrissy's Teigen's Court or Chrissy's Court, as it's called, is one of three things. The first is that it's just kind of a very boring show that has largely been like largely been sold on the basis that Chrissy Teigen is a fairly well-known somewhat funny but largely kind of inconsequential twitter personality and tv uh producers kind of saw that as an opportunity of like having a ready set audience who are sort of willing to follow her to like this kind of new and innovative platform the Uh, second um go on for for uh people who may not know who chrissy teigen is uh, she's just a twitter person yeah, well, and John John I, Legend's wife. I, I was going to um, go on. To, I was going to go on to this in a second oh. because what I was going to say was that to understand Chrissy Teigen's court, you first have to actually understand who Chrissy Teigen is, and there's like a lot <laughs> to unpack there. So I'll go back to that in a second. The second, okay. uh, the second option for what Chrissy Chrissy's court is is, um, you know, the movie The Dark Knight Rises. When Bane takes over, um, he institutes a court system, and I've always been interested in how that court worked. And I always kind of felt that, like in reality, if someone like Bane did take over, like Gotham, um, Chrissy Teigen's court would probably be like the the thing most akin to what the Bane court would look like. (laughs) Um, Are are you saying that Chrissy Teigen is Scarecrow from the Batman? Yes, (laughs) but 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 she's better in the sense that, like, so you know, so if if you remember, like, how the Dark Knight in the Dark Knight Rises, how the court works, there's like no paperwork, there's no real kind of like evidence or anything. It's literally like you suck as a person. So I've sort of like predetermined what is going to happen mm. to you, but we're going to have this conversation because we need to like kill some time yeah. and just like hang out and be guys and it's, stuff. It's a purely vibes-based I... justicial process. <laughs> but before so, I pronounce judgment, why doesn't my beautiful husband sing us one of his wonderful songs? And then the third reading of Chrissy's Court is really that it's like a private e- private equity backed scheme to reboot John Legend's career. Um, oh. Interesting. So that it could also ass. be the Bane Court in the set in the situation in the situation like that. So look to understand the show, you you really have to understand what Chrissy Teigen is about. And we like we touched on it for a second. Um, for the most part, like people for the uninitiated among us, Chrissy Teigen kind of was introduced as like a Twitter personality, someone who um, had this like large following and kind of. You know, I, I think she like does cooking, but she's not like a professional cook and stuff. It's just mm, like no, she's like a cool girl online. That's her yeah. thing. She's mm, famous yeah. so for she's, being hot. Like so she's not even that yeah. hot. So she so she used to be a supermodel, and then she got married to John Legend. Wait, really? And like being, oh, she's a yeah, model. She used to be a supermodel. She was yeah. a um, Sports Illustrated model, swimsuit yeah. issue. Yeah. Huh. So I'm, I got to be honest, I'm not saying it, but she got married to. <laughs> She's not ugly, but she's not like markedly attractive. Oh, she's yeah. Her, her head is the exact same diameter as her neck, and it freaks me out. 
<laughs> yeah, she has the she has the phrenology you only find in cops otherwise, where the neck just goes straight up. So 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 when she so when she marries John Legend, she kind of like leaves like being a model and becomes like this internet personality, as Alice said, like cool, like cool girl vibes, like the cool mom vibes, I guess. Just like someone who you can like tell, you know, all the cool aunt vibes where you can like, you know, tell them stories about, you know, sex and drugs and all that stuff. And she'll be like, damn, that's awesome. I had that kind of yeah, yeah. She, I, makes, I, she makes like relatable faces in the crowd yeah. at like award ceremonies, right. and you can and, be like, and, "Damn, she's just like and, us." And, and a lot of her brand is basically like, "I'm married to John Legend, and we're couples goals because both of us like look, you know, have great skin, and um, we like tease each other with jokes and everything." And like, you know, a lot of her brand is like kind of lightly mocking John Legend, and John Legend being like, "Damn, my wife is cool." They have the um, same relationship as Flora Gill and her mother. As a no, Cody no, and Dan Harmon from the next show, we're going to talk to be fair to Chrissy Teigen. I don't think that she's like, you know, she's her kind of like her kind of sex life of John Legend isn't as exposed as like the sex life between or the sex life that like, um, Amber no, it's relationship goals rather than yeah, like sex right, goals. It's, it's implied. Yeah. So, what what happens actually in the episodes of Chrissy's oh, it, it, Court? Nothing. Fucking nothing. It's Judge Judy with less personality. I watched I watched two episodes of this. The second one I I don't think is really worth talking about because I kind of disassociated and it was kind of boring. <laughs> yeah. but I think but I think the first one sort of like says a lot about the series. So the first one involves two kind of unremarkable, like one guy called David, who I've described as um, a guy who you'd expect to be running a cryptocurrency side hustle at the back of his father's garment shop. There's an Armenian guy, which is absolutely what you need for some LA drama. <laughs> and, and the second is a guy who I could only describe as someone who like wants to pay homage to Mike Francesca. And he's like he's a guy at the end of Uncut Gems. <laughs> yeah. He's absolutely yeah. a now that's real music guy. Yeah, <laughs> well, he is. And, and they're having like some kind of dispute over a speaker that was broken or something. I'm not sure how. Like, the, oh, the, I remember this. I just watched this. Hussein. I can fill in this right. detail. I, I don't think it's really explained properly, like how the speaker breaks. Well, well, um, that's the it's that's, so that's the art. boring. It's the so object stupid. of contention, right? <laughs> is that one guy, the Mike Francesca guy, was a lounge singer at a restaurant who was singing like <laughs> I don't know, like how Uncle Junior sings in The Sopranos when he gets too yeah. drunk, just Italian mm. like like pasta music. Frank Sinatra and shit. And, and then um, the other guy walks up to him and was like, yo, can you sing some rap music? And then, <laughs> oh, do you know anything about vanilla ice? <laughs> and then, and, and then the, the, the uh, contention is that it fell because the guy was so shocked at the idea of having to rap right, in this okay. Italian restaurant that he stumbled back and threw his own speaker under the yeah, ground. And, and, and what he says, what he says that he said to the guy is this is not a room that's conducive to rap, which is oh, just shit, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, <laughs> don't worry, I can throw it down. I can throw it down. So, so this adds this, this adds like a completely new dimension. So this guy just like got mad, got really just got, just got so mad that he broke his own speaker. And then, <laughs> and then, <laughs> Quibby rules now. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it doesn't. This sucks so bad, man. Like, I, I worry that the the problem is that by describing this episode of Chrissy Teigen's parasocial relationships, <laughs> we're making it sound funny or cool, and it's not either of no, those things. Right, so it's, 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 it's eight yeah. minutes long, and you feel 
every second of those yeah. fuckers. I turned it off at minute seven. Once it became yeah. clear how it was going to end, I was like, I'm gone. Oh, okay, well, after minute seven, uh, the plaintiff, the guy whose speaker gets broken, calls Chrissy Teigen, Christy Megan? Why? Mega doo-doo. No second takes on Quibi. None. I think this kind of says a lot about, like, Number one, it definitely did feel like it was such a long time. Like I didn't realize it was only like seven or eight minutes because it felt like it was twenty-five. Um, and I think I was like partly trying to like just maintain what was going on. But also, I was really amazed by like the background of this show. So the premise of the show is that like these are kind of real small, like small claims cases. I don't believe that for a second. I believe that everyone involved in that is an actor of some sort. Um, every like if you look at the background of this court, like really look in the background, you see these kind of people who are dressed up in really kind of like expensive, newly bought suits, and who like all kind of radiate the same sort of shine, which makes me feel like either these are kind of like life dot like life like dolls, mm. or <laughs> it's like, just a bunch of real like, dolls. Have, yeah, or, or <laughs> these people have like actually like genuinely disassociated. There's like one guy in the background who's wearing this like blue suit, and he has this like really wide smile for the whole thing. Like the yeah, whole it's, time, it's such a Quaaludes a- vibe. Right, as yeah. you know, and um, uh, the <laughs> main gotten drugs that haven't been produced since 1979. <laughs> <laughs> the reason why I say the um, episode one is kind of the premise of the entire series, like the entire like Chrissy's Court series, is because of one thing that happens about minute three, which is that of course John Legend shows up. Right, I think it's oh. actually earlier than minute three, um, and we don't know why he shows up. He just she she like shows up as the singing coach, the musical expert. <laughs> He's <laughs> right. oh, he the singing. What- that's what he shows up as to do. You got it yeah. right with your bit. But really, but really, again, what it showed, like his whole thing is basically to show that, like, you know, look how cool my wife is. Um, look how much of a boss my wife is. And I'm just like, you know, I'm going to like give her like little kisses on the forehead while she makes fun of me. And I'm going to like, you know, show the whole audience that I'm really great at singing. But the whole thing is really awkward because you can tell that like, this is such like an artificial situation where you can, yeah, it's very clear that like the kind of, court audience has no idea what's going on the you know the plaintiffs you know have no idea what's going on clearly like if the guy doesn't even know chrissy's name like he has no fucking yeah, idea it, it rules it rules like, Chris, Chris is like nine vibe, yeah right. but chrissy teigen's whole vibe her whole shtick does not stand up to the pivot to video at all <laughs> you know, and uh, I and and I'll make my like my 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 final point on this is like, which is very is very clearly like what they've done, what the producers of Quib- like this Quibi show have done, have seen that like Chrissy Teigen has this huge audience on Twitter, and like they have no idea why she has this huge audience. They have no idea who her audience is. They have no idea how like humor and you know dialogue and even the whole like Twitter court thing like how that actually operates on a platform. So they've basically said, but oh, look, she has like all these followers and all these retweets. So in theory, if we kind of make this a television show, this should be wildly popular as well. So they've really overestimated like her appeal on any platform that isn't Twitter. Mm. And overestimated the relevance of Twitter. Which, yeah. yeah. And also what? overestimated yeah. the desire of the viewing public to be like, you know what they should bring back is the people's court. <laughs> I mean, good, good theme tune. I'll say that much. And this yeah. did not have that. Look, this yeah. could like the, the People's Court show could work in England so long as like the the cases were all like citizens' arrests for like walking <laughs> into the wrong pub or something that's, like that's that. That's just Judge Render. That's a real thing. <laughs> You've Chrissy Sharia Queen's Court. Now that's something I'd watch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, here's a, I, no, keeping an eye on the time. I think it is time. 
uh, to move on. Although I do note that is very interesting. We are beginning to develop a grand unified theory of Quibi as uh, all taking place in the same cinematic universe where sex dolls come to life because all <laughs> the all the audience in uh, in Chrissy's court seem to be dolls, and the uh, man in the. Uh, uh, yeah, he uh, looks like a haunted episode, sex doll. He's a haunted sex doll as well. It's oh that's the grand unified theory. So, Judge Chrissy, that my husband took my golden arm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm gonna, let's throw to uh, let's see. Uh, let's throw to Milo next. Tell us about Murder House Flip. This, this is wow. a simulation video game. I would play. <laughs> there are like. Like, this show is another one that's, like, it's kind of boring, but there's sort of some gold in it if you dig slightly below the surface. Like, obviously, I was attracted to it because the concept itself is absolutely insane. It's a home renovation show where the only, like, where, like, the unifying selling point of it is that every house they renovate, like, had, like, some horrific murders committed in it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Um, I really like this idea. Yeah, so... It's hosted by Anodyne Annoying White Woman and Anodyne Annoying Gay Black Guy. Those are the two archetypes that we're dealing with. I didn't learn either of their names. Um, this and, will be uh, the, a recurring theme when we get to mine, too. Oh, yeah. And uh, oh, the, yeah. The, first, the first house that they renovate is this like old couple. I didn't learn their names either. And they're like, <laughs> oh, yeah, sure. We lived in this house for a while. But, you know, 30 years ago, there was an old lady who lived here and she like poisoned seven people and buried them right out there in the yard. Would you believe that? <laughs> Wait, it's not even a recent murder. It's like no, an old sucks. murder. They're not cleaning up blood. <laughs> they, they, they bought the house decades ago. It's just a legend. Yeah, <laughs> that sucks. It, like, it sucks so bad. And they show all the pictures of like you know cops with fucking mullets and sideburns like digging up these bodies, <laughs> like tying them away. And then and then it just they, their house needs renovating, not because it's had someone murdered in it, but because their house is like a fucking mess. Well, this is like, a this, fucking cheat. This, this is just normal house renovation yeah. with an added backstory. If you're not scrubbing the like political piggy graffiti and blood off of the like mm. walls of the Tate LeBianca murders, I don't give a yeah. shit. Except, and here's where it is really good, that they have to keep making the murder relevant to the renovation, and the tenuous <laughs> way that they try and do that is awesome. So, like, there's this bit where the husband, who genuinely looks like he's got a murder in him, like, the wife seems fairly <laughs> harmless, but the husband looks like he kind of, like, wants to live in the murder house, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> he's a, he keeps going like, yeah, that's right. Um, and uh, so he's, like, showing them around the garden, like, showing them where all the bodies were buried. And like the the presenters are like freaking out. They go like, "Oh, this is crazy! People were murdered here." And it's like, "Yeah, that's the premise of the show. Well done. It's um, your show." <laughs> yeah. And then there's like a bit where he goes around to the front garden and he's like, "Yeah." And here's where they found a body that had been dismembered. And the woman goes, "Dismembered?" And then she, he goes like, "Yeah, it didn't have any hands or feet." And, and going like. So you're saying we could find like hands or feet like buried in this yard while we're doing the renovation? And then he's like, that is that is possible. <laughs> That's the best part. It cuts to like a studio shot, like you know, like the voiceover bits of her. And she's going like murdering people is like fucked up. 
<laughs> I mean, it's a crazy thing true. to do to a person. That is Two true. billion dollars, baby! It is, it is a crazy thing to do to cut the hands and feet off of a person. I love the idea that they got hosts for this show and then didn't tell them the premise. They're just they constantly just like, flabbergasted, like, why are we in a murder house? Can you believe my luck? I just, thought I'd be in a regular yeah. house and it's a murder house. Oh my just God. Like, keep filming episodes. We're like, wait, there was a murder in this house too? <laughs> what That's <a> crazy wild. <laughs> okay, it's like, I love, I, like, one of the things that I find so fascinating about this is it's like, and you can refer to the union busting stuff we talked about in the previous episode, uh, which is that like, this is clearly a creative process where they've decided to just cut out the middleman and make the show entirely on executive producer's notes. Yes, oh, sure. it's a yeah. Bob Evans-ass app, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's just doing a huge line of cocaine and then, like, bellowing into a rotary phone. You know who I <laughs> yeah. see in the lead role for this? Gary Cooper. He's been dead for 20 years. And you're just saying it <laughs> anyway, and you back. just run with it. Yeah. Do yeah. CGI. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> So it's such I, mean, I watched this entire episode and I did not laugh at all. And then you guys like describing it back, I'm laughing. It's like such an indictment of how yeah, it's, it's, negative it's almost the charisma like is of the comedians. <laughs> yeah, it's only it's only funny when you actually think about it. That's what's great yeah, right. about it. Because like then they start they start renovating this like horrendously messy garden. They don't do anything in the house at all. They only do the garden, and they keep trying to tie it back to the premise. So they're like, uh, yeah, we've got to take out that old fence because like dead bodies might have touched it. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Literally wait, a thing wait, they say. Were the dead bodies dead at the, at the time? Was it a body that would be dead in the future? What happens when a dead I body touches the fence? Does it haunt you? Is this the golden arm thing again? Yeah. yeah we're renovating they... this guy's barn because he was killed by his zombie <laughs> wife and taking a golden arm. We're turning it into a B and B. And they keep flashing up pictures of the murderer woman's face. Being like her vibe kind of haunts this property. <laughs> oh, so it's like yeah. a ghost show, but not really. It can't commit yeah. to that bit enough to like uh, have them go around with like the the microphones and shit exactly. and night vision goggles. Oh yeah, that would have been this great. Would have ruled. Which paint? Like, like using good... an Ouija board to choose a paint sample. Yeah. yeah. This feels like a really good time to ask this question, right? Because I can't. I can... Quibi has for me annihilated this distinction between like. <laughs> between watching something that and, and and it being remarkable for its weird badness and watching something that is trying to be weird and bad so oh, it can yeah, be remarkable. Th- this 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 collapsed the irony matrix and I have some thoughts about this when we do when we do mine because yeah. it's it's very much like I you mean, can talk no Alex it, why don't you go ahead? Yeah. Okay. Uh, can, well, I, shit. can I just wrap mine up? Because there are a couple oh, sure. more. Oh yeah, please. Yeah. So they they then they renovate the house. They do some like weird tacky shit. Like they mo- the woman is a mosaic artist apparently, as in like the woman who owns the house, whatever the fuck that means. Um, and so the they like owner, they mo- yeah? yeah yeah the new owner, not the not the murder woman. <laughs> she was really into <laughs> mosaics, which is like kind of cool. Have fun with it. Um, and so then they they mosaic the names of their two grandchildren into like the front of their house for some reason. And uh, they put in like a swing set. And then around the back, they make her like a little desk to do her mosaics on, which they put under some stairs. So she's like, un- like fucking Harry Potter, like under the stairs <laughs> doing her mosaics. What? <laughs> and she's like, wow, it's so great. And it's like, bitch, you're just fucking a desk under a staircase. Um, yeah, but you've excised the ghosts of the murders now. 
Yes. <laughs> but then I watched the first episode of the last one. This is a real quick hit, which I just like, I, it was so good because the opening scene, it was like a house in LA. And it was like a woman had been murdered in there. And they're interviewing the husband and wife. The husband doesn't really say anything. And then the wife goes like, this woman did not deserve to be murdered. Like, bitch, you don't know that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Quippy, for taking a strong anti-murder stance. Yeah. I know that you just watched The Golden Arm and she deserved to be murdered, but this lady mm. did not. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She had like normal arms, which is apparently what makes you not a murderer. That's right. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Uh, no. God damn. I fucking murder house flip is like it's 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 pr- it became a common refrain to say that like these are shows that people would have made up on Thirty Rock as jokes. Like, yeah. Jack Donaghy would be like, "We just got a new episode out of Murder House Flip," and then they would show a clip of it as a joke. And but and the thing is, I think this, the reason exactly. that that works, the reason <laughs> that works, is because all of those bits on Thirty Rock were satires of like heavy-handed network executives being too concerned with trying to like appeal yeah. to a demographic and so like, just sucking all the all of the real creativity yeah. out of any kind of filmmaking and then this just actually happened yeah but like also they don't have like this is what happens when they're just like they're like vampires sucking on like an empty vein right they're, like there's no talent for them to like uh, leech off of and so they managed to take a premise like murder house flip which is insanely funny and make it boring to watch <laughs> mm. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it could have been um, really uh, cool if they were like doing some shit where they're like trying to appease the murder house in renovating it. Like, that would have been uh, like fucking like sacrificing a goat over like the new fire pit. Yeah, I would absolutely watch Exorcist House Flip. Uh, are you 100%. listening, Quibby? We're giving you this for free. Yeah, five better um, ideas than they use in the show. We are not giving you this for free. You must pay us. Uh, you must pay us. Uh, it's signed and delivered. Yeah, you uh, already so, have Tam- Sam Raimi. So take the drag me to hell idea and just put it in this show. Yeah, drag me to house. Drag, um, <laughs> drag me <laughs> to Home go. Depot. The new show on Quibi. <laughs> uh, okay, Alice. I believe it is oh, your turn to I, tell I, us. I, I got a doozy. I, I I have brought <laughs> I have brought a show and tell, and I have inflicted on all of you game show. I hate this. <laughs> it's so awful. Game show. Game show, you see, is reminding us that Quibi, as as an organization, is aware of the existence of homosexuals. So it's <laughs> game show with a G-A-Y. Ah, so it's and more like it's, it's more virtue signaling. Yeah, from, exactly. From yeah, the exactly. Streaming it, services. Yeah, and literally, it's because it's eight minutes long. They have they somehow crowbar in the time to fit a three segment game show about like the most facile, uh, like the whitest, the most bourgeois, the most stuck in the corner at a party, Beverly Hills ass facets of queer culture. And uh, then, you know, they'll do, um, they start, basically the premise is, you have two straight men, and they compete to decide which one of them is queen, well, honorary gay and queen of the straights. And they could have more honestly titled this show Fag Pass, right? (laughs) Yeah. But the thing about this show is that it's not even, like, 
there's no understanding that these are real straight people or like real no. people. Like Moshe no. Kasher is a is like a famous person, and then they have these like they got Demi from are- Midnight. They all of their guests are ringers, which is the really <laughs> funny thing. I was like, I was watching this, and I was and I was like, no, that that's Dem- Demi. I I know you. You're you're too funny to be on this show. And yeah. that's why, like, th- this was genuinely, I watched all eight episodes of this, oh, all eight oh, cribs, <laughs> because, and I, no, I will stand by this. I've mean, got too much gay disease now. I, that's true. That's true. <laughs> You're going to die yeah, of no, AIDS. I, I, I literally, <laughs> <laughs> no, but literally, I, I, I will, I, 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 I will make the case, right, that this was the best quib that I watched. Um, and it may just be Stockholm Syndrome from yeah, spending sure. 80 minutes watching this shit, but it genuinely, right, like, because they got guests who would be funny, like, they got Nicole Byer on, they got Rachel Bloom on, uh, like, occasionally there would be jokes that were good, it was just drowned under this morass of, like, um... Uh, like the two interchangeable twink hosts telling the same joke every episode verbatim. Every episode, as though every it's episode. the first time each time. Yeah. Every time, <laughs> every time. It, it gets a tepid laugh in episode one and nothing thereafter. It just <laughs> dies on its ass. Because oh, you know they filmed it all in one day. Seven same times. <laughs> yeah. And like the, 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 the budget is so clearly nothing, which yeah. is like. Ordinarily, like this is why I'm so conflicted about this, right? It's like gay shows, queer shows uh, are very often zero budget by necessity, and you can get a lot of well, if not good, <laughs> then entertaining television out of this. You, like the season one of RuPaul's Drag Race, where they had like one camera and it was covered in Vaseline all the time, is <laughs> genuinely entertaining to watch, right? You, you can pull together this kind of this kitsch thing so long as it's done in total sincerity like as long as you have like absolutely no consciousness that you're doing camp you can create this kind of john waters thing and you can make uh, the strange and wonderful life of caleb galloway you can make uh rupaul's drag race or you can make big gay sketch show whatever this falls completely on its ass because it's so it, it has that air of knowing and that kind of cynicism uh, just tips it all of the possible like enjoyment out of it. I think a big part of it too is like uh, it's it's clearly done so quickly. Like every time you mm. watch Moshe Kasher in the first, it's it's like I can imagine him driving to the studio, spending literally fifteen minutes on stage. <laughs> Like they just filmed this all in one take, and then he was like, "Oh, I guess okay. I, I'll see you later. Had I had fun? Okay, bye." Yeah, and then like that's literally it. Yeah. Dry, he feels he looks so confused. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not. It's not. It's not the low production values. The low production values can be charming. It's the like deliberate carelessness yes. about them. Um, yeah, it, it, it feels like a great big middle finger. Like, hey, you fucking love this shit. Fuck you. Yeah, I, I hey, love to consume hey, the gay content slot. Hey, they're gonna they're gonna talk about pop divas and thirst over Matthew McConaughey. Fuck and, you. And and they insult Britney Spears, which is like wrong on so many levels. But they also, do? like, yeah, they do. They really All do. Right. But like, I I feel like it's it's also it's not nasty enough. And I'm not saying that you have to go full piss pig to make like LGBT content, right? But like, 
I am saying that Dorian Corey did not have a literal corpse in her closet when she was interviewing for Paris is Burning for this to be our culture, right? <laughs> it's fucked. Well, it's also, yeah, I mean, like the first the first uh, episode, the only person they even diss is Caitlyn Jenner, and it feels like virtue signaling to like, oh, we don't like Trumpers. It, like, it's, it's like fucking, you know what it is? It's, it's extremely ex-gay. It's Gen X gay. Like, they'll make jokes about uh, people being triggered, or like there was like one of the bylines was identifies as, and it's like that's not even that's not offensive. It's just like old. It's yeah. just like yeah. an older dude in Beverly Hills or WeHo, and it's, well, it's just like one mm. of the strange things about entertainment when you know that it's passed into like some kind of hyper normalized realm mm. is when it, you can it feels like it was written by characters on other shows. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like this it was like written. The two guys from Modern Family. Yeah, I was going to say it's Mitch and Cam from Modern Family. It's exactly what this is. This is by the, this is gay culture written by the Modern Family gays, which are like gay culture that was Ooh, reappropriated and made safe for yeah. like you know 2010s dads. It is the, the most dangerous. <laughs> the, the most dangerous thing on there is a joke about pride about buying a twenty five dollar bottle of water at the Wells Fargo hydration station. That was the thing that made me laugh, and then everything after that was just like, "Hey, remember share? Share exists." <laughs> well, it's like there it's, were two it bits is... in the first episode that just made me fully bang my head on the desk. Uh, the hmm. first of which was the bit where uh, that like Moshe Kasher and the the celebrity woman who's like his coach. I I didn't catch her name. Girl I don't care who these people are. Alana Glazer. Yeah. 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 yeah, it was Alana Glazer yeah. from Broad yeah. City. And, and he goes, "Well, thanks to Alana, we managed to narrow the category down for who, what kind of person this must be." Straight ahead, and she goes, "White man." And then everyone laughs, and it's like you're all white. Like you do realize yeah. this, right? Like, <laughs> you're, you're, all, you're all white except, men too, except, except for that they have a house band. They have they have a woman singing the like intro and also the name of every round. And boy, does that get old quick! Yeah. Well, yeah. Like, oh, my spirit animal is a black woman, so here's one to sing some things that I've written. Yeah, it, down it's, there. it's real bad. It's also well, it's, feels, yeah. it's like edited like a fever dream because it just cuts to her with no explanation. She's standing alone. <laughs> Singing things that they maybe said sometime. Yeah, it's like a fucking Eric Andre bit, just like hard cutting. To someone, like, that <laughs> it's, it's strange that it, it is it is the world is imagined by fictional characters. It is mm. it is editing as imagined by like Tim and Eric. Yeah, it's, um, it is all conceived Which, by Jack Donaghy, and then the gay game show was written by the Modern Family gay Which, dad. Or, so to which the only thing I can say is that like this has come back around in the opposite direction now, and this is now kitsch, right? So mm. I kind of love it. Um, <laughs> I, I, I came out of it thinking two things: both I am now homophobic, and <laughs> um, I'm weirdly, insanely proud of my community that getting these like ringers in as guests, they were able to make jokes and kind of uplift this god-awful show enough that I occasionally smiled at it when I did nothing, when nothing else did that for me except the golden arm, and that was by accident. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Personally, again, I just, I, I, I love now that I guess, what are you going to do, start the LBT alliance? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm homophobic against cis gay guys 
only. Um, <laughs> I'm just trying to jettison them from the community. <laughs> the bit where they were doing the bit where they had to find stuff in the fucking sand, and then one of them pulled out a brick, and they were like, oh, the first brick from Stonewall. And everyone laughed, and I was like, what the fuck am I watching? Yeah. Like, oh, it shouldn't be what here. is going on? Well, it's like it's like a sight gag, but it's just not. It's just there. It's 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 it's, yeah. it's like putting a banana peel on the floor and being like, "Hey, look, it's a banana peel." Uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. Usually, when those are on the floor, huh? Yeah. The, or, the, or, the my favorite Everyone? part is that the studio audience for this was giving them nothing. <laughs> like yeah. the the hosts yeah. just yeah just, just got nothing out of them for what must have been a solid hour of filming. You're not making that many demands on a crowd of people who are being tangentially paid to be there, and they still just stone faced dead silence. I, I, honestly, I think the way to understand this is it's a non. It is a Tim and Eric with no sense of irony and no satirical target. Yeah, that's why it's good. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> No, wait, we all like Libby okay. now. <laughs> we love it. We love game show. <laughs> yeah, we, we love game show. We love saying things that we think are good or bad and vice versa yeah. and also not meaning that and meaning that. Yeah. Um, it's <laughs> it's it, cool. D- do not ask me to explain this. Read Susan Sontag's notes yeah. on camp. Uh, <laughs> There's a real unity of subject and object going on here. I wasn't fully intending. I guess we're all Posadists now. Yeah, no. yeah. I'm, I'm waiting for <laughs> the aliens to come and rescue me from game show. <laughs> Maybe the aliens <laughs> made Quibi, and that's why it's so shitty. Yeah, they were like, yeah that's right. It does sound like an alien name. Yeah, they no, don't. I, I, know I just how read Andy Gitlitz's book, so I've got it on my mind. <sighs> all right. So hey, we uh, let's let's keep let's keep this Quibi trade rolling. Toot toot. Um, and I think it might be time to talk now about survive. It was delivered exactly like one of the hosts yeah. of game yeah. show. Yeah. <laughs> um, gay train rolling, folks. It's now time to talk mm. about survive, which features a uh, like a bit one line uh, delivered by friend and frequent guest of the show, Josie Long. Yeah, <laughs> who knew? Yeah, you Makes were telling me she's like the girl she uh, talks to at the airport. Yeah, she's engaged. Mm. Yeah, the girl has a great death. Among us hasn't in, taken part in a in a quibus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I Chris she, uh, scammed a lot of money us, out of Quibi. Take us away. Okay. So Survive is a show starring uh, Sophie Turner, also known as Sansa from Game of Thrones, doing an American oh. accent pretty well. I thought uh, hmm. not perfectly believable, but it like sounds enough like she's American that it uh, wasn't weird. Uh, and she's playing a girl who is super depressed suicidal she's in a place called life house i think is the name of it <laughs> hilariously depressed <laughs> which is like a little uh psych ward uh depression curing center where she's with like 20 other people and she's about to get released and she has this whole plan to uh steal a bunch of pills from the pharmacy because they have a pharmacy that's just behind glass doors in the uh the middle of the place with like no guards or cameras or anything she's like you read life house long enough you know all the secrets like the code to the pharmacy. <laughs> well, I don't think like, what, should, dude? <laughs> I don't think that's how it should work. <laughs> it probably shouldn't work that way. They should change the code. Yeah. Have a, just a lock. <laughs> Although, uh, one thing I want to note about uh, about Survive is that the first three minutes of this, the music and the cinematography and the acting and what they're saying, because they're saying stuff like, you learn to overcome and face your differences, that we're all oh. crazy in the same way. But it, it feels to me like that's that, like British banks 
have exactly that as their commercial. It is shot and scripted for it until like it takes a dark turn in the second half of the 10 minute mm. episode. The first yeah, five minutes is shot poisoning. It's <laughs> <laughs> shot and scripted like pill. a Lloyd's bank ad. No, that's very accurate. It's like if Girl Interrupted was reimagined as a bank commercial <laughs> that you could watch on your phone that would like play as a pre-roll before you watch a YouTube video. That's what the vibe is like. And the whole first episode is all voiceover. Right. There's it's just Sophie like, Turner doing a voiceover telling you about... It's like a trailer for Literally a phoning us in. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the voiceover is all like, you know, the thing about life is it sucks. But like, what are you going to do? It's life. You're stuck <laughs> in it until depressed. you die. What are you going to do? You're, you're going to have to open a current account, which is free with any credit product. <laughs> 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 What's going to happen when you get that? Bi- oh, you guys have NHS. Um... <laughs> I guess you'll need money for other things. <laughs> for food or something. Um, things of that nature. No, no. The only thing you spend money on is medical care, I'm afraid. Everyone and Quibi subscription. Yeah, Sorry, Quibi we're subscription. from America. <laughs> Everyone in Britain is just riding around in gigantic Rolls Royces and trains they own, just getting mm. excess surgeries we don't need. <laughs> Yo, what's That's up? That's how I've heard of it. It's supposed to be. That's what Tucker Carlson Sounds told awesome. me. Yeah. You get a golden arm for free if you want. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but it comes yeah. at a cost. Surgery to replace my dick and balls with a golden arm. <laughs> Not a golden dick and a balls. Baby's a baby's arm. No, golden <laughs> arm. Just an arm. Yeah, I want the arm. I want a golden baby's um, arm. That's how bitch goes to give me a hand job and she gets a handshake. That's right. This is <laughs> Sorry, I just, I just love that. Like, yeah, I get my dick and balls replaced with a golden arm so that anytime someone tries to jerk me off, they get a golden handshake like Ken Lay from Enron. And it's like, what the fuck did, did Dennis Miller write this concept? <laughs> <laughs> oh, think about how much fun it would be to be able to like go to, go to a cop, be like, "Hey, hey, check it out," and like unzip your fly and just give them the finger out of your flies. <laughs> <laughs> They'd be very owned. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so the the opening scene of Survive is her like having a dream about a plane crash, and then she wakes up and her roommate is like, "Was he there? Was it the same dream?" And she's like, "Yeah, I couldn't see his face, but it's always a plane crash." And uh, she's about to get out of Lifehouse and go home to her mom. And she's planning to steal a bunch of pills and kill herself in the, the plane bathroom and then die because suicide's awesome. And there's a whole <laughs> thing just, about her, like, just inconsiderate. Bad, like, you're just wedged into one of those tiny airplane bathrooms. Just yeah, like, fucking no dead. one can take a shit. That's <laughs> the plan of where to kill yourself. Uh, yeah. And so, like, she's at the airport. She uh, meets a guy in line who ends up sitting next to her. And they're like, he keeps trying to talk to her and be friendly. And she's like, oh, you're friendly, but uh, I'm too depressed. Please leave me alone. <laughs> Uh, she also bumps he keeps into doing magic tricks. He's wearing a furry top hat. Nails. <laughs> She's like, sorry, I have no joy for anything. Not even magic tricks. Actually, I, I, I love being nagged too much. Oh, yeah. For a second, can we just go back to something that happened before this? Like, just before she leaves the center, there's a scene where they're having, like, group therapy. And for some reason, they're trying to in- inject this, like, a high school movie dynamic into it. And so there's this guy oh, yeah. who's, like, talking about his feelings. And some other guy's like, oh, what are you, depressed, you fucking nerd? And it's like... <laughs> You're another guy in the fucking crazy mental health. <laughs> like, that, that, is, that is the thing that I would do in the depression center is just bully people for having depression center because they have a really good football team. He's not even <laughs> yeah, I'm here on a scholarship. <laughs> oh man, I, you just reminded me of the thing that made me laugh the hardest of, of any 
thing on Quibi that I watched, which is the opening of the second episode. There's the guy who cuts himself and he's doing a monologue in this uh, group therapy session where he's like, you know, I was reading about how medieval doctors back in the day, they would bleed you because they actually thought that if they bled out some of the blood, then the bad stuff would leave you. I guess that's what I was trying to do. (laughs) Yeah, it it do be like that. Uh, I love He's just wearing one of those huge good. plague masks with like a big nose on it. <laughs> <laughs> His mental um, illness is that he believes it's the 1400s. <laughs> <laughs> he just kills himself by trepanning himself. Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting the bad oh, humor now, mate. <laughs> man, we don't need we don't need writers' unions to give us like sub good storytelling and subtext that's thought out and carefully right. planned and you know oh. actually with effort put into it. No, we just need some like again network executive to just. Do a line of Brain Force Plus or cocaine or whatever they're all doing and just say, oh, Sansa, but she's really depressed. <laughs> what if we made suicide into like kind of a sport? <laughs> what if killing yourself is fucking rad? <laughs> what if it was epic? <laughs> what I love about this show as well is that they do the like National Suicide Prevention Hotline between yeah, each 10 minute every episode. episode. <laughs> it's like, by the way, like if you every in the time. last nine minutes wanted to kill yourself, you should call this number. Okay, back to the show. <laughs> the number gets drilled a lot in your of head call- like, 1-800-CARDS-FOR-KIDS. <laughs> cool, 1-800-COP-SHOT. My, my personal view is they should run the suicide prevention hotline number between every show on Quibi, except this one and the Golden Arm one. <laughs> yeah, honestly, it, it would have been much better served after Chrissy's court than this show. Oh, oh yeah. God, that's so true. Hey, thanks to Christy Megan, she paid for my speaker. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I, I, I'm I not so badly... explaining Quibi to that guy. I'm, I, I'm, I'm a police abolitionist in the sense that I think we should replace all criminal justice with Chrissy Teigen's court. I want <laughs> I mean, to have like crime busters where I can like, like turn somebody in to Chrissy Teigen anonymously. I mean, I, f- I think I that like if, if it, the, the the better way of doing Chrissy Teigen's court would be like instead of getting instead of like all these kind of dumb kind of micro cases where you'd actually, you know, you'd basically like take a family court scenario and you'd make Chrissy Teigen the judge. Oh, Chrissy Teigen's family court is a That's also the episode title. I, yeah. I, it, it has Chrissy Teigen's family court. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, oh man. Oh uh, yeah. So sorry. With, with, with survive. What, what else do we have about survive? How did we survive? I just thought it was really crazy in the first episode where it's like, they think, I've been watching, uh, I've been rewatching Seinfeld recently and the original like Seinfeld stand up. He has a bit. He's like, why are these people like committing suicide attempts? Don't these people live any place with tall buildings? <laughs> Can't they wrap their lips around a gun like a normal person? <laughs> I just kept thinking about this. Like, why is this like a, why is this show about like an Ocean's Eleven plot to take your own life? Yeah. <laughs> just fucking kill yourself. God, it's it's, it's <laughs> fucking weird to remember when Jerry Seinfeld was funny. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a long time. I know. It's a great show. <laughs> only just be explained. But yeah, the, just the weird non-illegal drugs that only rich people get. Just taking all of them and being like, yeah, this is caper, but the prize is death. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why you want to wait till you were on a plane. Like, she's in a bathroom at the airport. She's, I assume, has to. I don't know. I, I feel like there'll be an easier way to do it. But oh, anyway, no, it only works at altitude. Yeah, maybe uh, yeah, the I only mean, way to die is, and maybe if you don't, if you die on the earth, then someone will come dig you up and take your arm. So you need to die at altitude where you'll be safe. Yeah. She wants, she's, going, like, she's going home on a bus, but she's rigged up a device that if the bus goes below 50 miles yeah. an hour, it's going to explode. <laughs> yeah, she Maybe she's in like yeah. a reverse final destination where she was supposed to live, but she can't die now. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, so what happens after she goes in the bathroom and she like lays out all her pills to kill herself is the plane hits turbulence and then starts crashing. And it's very, very funny when all the pills like fly off of the sink. It looks like they <laughs> shot it for like five dollars. Just like all right, so oh, the jump around the room. all of this is so bad. <laughs> jump around this airplane bathroom and we'll spin the camera kind of and we'll shake it. And it's gonna look like you're in a plane crash. <laughs> that's 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 true of the golden arm too. Like literally, there's a bit where the guy. I, I think they just tell the guy to like do emotions, and we'll just fucking shake the camera around in front of you. <laughs> like a Star Trek kind of. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to see a stabilized yeah. shot of that. <laughs> I don't know if there's uh, anything yeah. to recover. It's just like shots of broken glass and like her feet turning upside down as the plane spins around. Damn. That's when you know yeah. it's bad when it the feet turn up. upside down. <laughs> uh, I, I also, again, incredible, just incredible, pure network executive notes just stitched together as a first draft energy. What if you wanted to kill yourself but had a near-death experience while you were trying to kill yourself? Yeah, it was called cool. Six Feet Under. Wow. It was an episode of Six Feet Under fucking yeah. 15 years ago. <laughs> a great show. Uh, yeah, yeah, I've been thinking a lot about Six Feet Under recently. Oh, it's a great show, yeah. Thinking at you about it, um, yeah, but yeah. I just want to want to be clear. I don't know if we've hammered home the acting in this show is so bad. It's it is bad. one of the worst pieces of acting I've ever seen. It's just awesome. from Sansa Stark or like in general. In also, general, Riley, Riley, do you want to Riley? Do you want to go in with me on a uh, fucking Maybe subscription? Yeah, I, I, I was not going to say Quibi subscription. I was saying, do you want to start a side, 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 side podcast about the show Six Feet Under? Yes, I will do. Yes, it. I absolutely it's do. My favorite oh. show. Oh, why don't the three of us do it? <laughs> oh yeah, cool. Well, side project initiated. <laughs> yeah, so I didn't finish the rest of uh, Survive, but what I can tell, it seems like the premise is she wanted to kill herself, and then she's in a plane crash, and only her and this other guy survive, and then actually. She wants to live, doesn't want to kill herself anymore. What? Oh, damn. That's the, Make that's you bad. think. So yes. what they're saying is we should pull the suicide people in a crashing plane. <laughs> <laughs> we just have to like almost kill all of the suicidal people so that they want to live. Okay, well, okay, you yeah, remember like everyone okay. a ticket on Ural Airlines. Don't ask why. <laughs> so the thing is, right, like that's just like the main conceit of Saw. But then Saw yeah. took that and turned it into something that was, well, very unpleasant, like, quite singular. And very For, distinctive. like, two movies, and then yeah, got... Yeah, fine. Right. Saw 1. <laughs> Saw 1 was a very distinctive and weird movie of its time. Not my favorite, but, like, I understand oh. why people like it, why people think it's interesting. And what this does is it just takes the conceit of Saw and just strips everything, everything weird and interesting and inventive away from it, and then it's just like, oh, it's a oh, plane Saw crash. Saw 3. Yes, exactly. <laughs> this is this is saw. This is just another saw movie continuing that trajectory uh, mm. on Quibi. Needs more clowns. Final verdict. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> more clowns. So, so in, in conclusion, Qu yeah, Qu Quibi has um, made us dissociate. It's made us homophobic. It's uh, made us start a side project about the show Six Feet Under. <laughs> <Cool>. <laughs> well, wait, can we cover the doll show? I have one more. I have my show. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was uh, going to so say, not oh, yeah. yet. it made me uh, re-cancel Dan Harmon in my head. <laughs> yeah. it, it made me miss Jerry Seinfeld doing jokes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Being so, a good comedian. So the show Dummy. Uh, the show Dummy is basically, again, just... I was I was reading about this. It was 
pitched to be a full series that was about Dan Harmon and his girlfriend Cody something. And it's trying to take a- an instance where Dan Har- Garmin's girlfriend, who, by the way, Dan Harmon, is played by Donald Logue for some reason. What? <laughs> but, yeah, he's played by Donald Logue, but he is, like, his name is Dan Harmon. So he's not Dan Harmon, but he's named Dan Harmon, and he's dating Cody. And also, this version of Dan Harmon wrote Rick and Morty and gets, like, forgiven for getting me tooed by someone in this in the show. Oh, God. <laughs> no, no, that, no, that, that, that was real Dan Harmon. Yeah, that really yeah. happened. Yeah, I, I know that, but like Dan Harmon wrote this show and then wrote himself getting forgiven. No, no. his girlfriend wrote this show. He didn't have anything oh, yeah. with it. Oh, sorry, sorry. That's even more fucked up. Yeah. It's incredibly <laughs> fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> okay. No, sorry, sorry, sorry. I'll, 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 I'll reorient. So That's it's a- about it's it's by Dan Harmon's girlfriend, and it's just elaborating on her finding his sex doll. Yeah. And then the sex hmm. doll is um. A lot sort it talks to her and it does like um Eliza Schlesinger, I'm gonna or Amy uh Amy Schumer, I'm gonna say pussy comedy. Uh which yeah. is basically most of what the comedy is, is the sex dolls like that's coming my posse. That's <laughs> <laughs> basically my entire comedy too, so it's <laughs> right. fine. And it's that for like ten minutes. Her show. Her husband's done big cums in my pussy. <laughs> big, huge cums. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's real bad. But yeah, so Donald Logue is playing Dan Harmon, who's a fictionalized version of Dan Harmon, who's called Dan Harmon and has done all the same things as Dan Harmon. Yeah. Wait, so is this camp? Because, like, now, <laughs> now we're just getting into, like, simula and simulacrum here. That's right. I mean, um, this feels, like, very confessional to a point where. When I because re- I didn't I don't know who this Cody person is, but like watching the show, I was like, wait, is this supposed to be Dan Harmon? And then I had to look it up. Um, and it is, and it just felt so uncomfortable because yeah, start to, yeah. because there's one it's one thing to do like a metaphorical show about like okay, this person is learning to be comfortable with like I think to be fair, like I think this is probably the closest to an actual show we watched. Yeah, it's like the first draft of one. I mean, like, Mm. if this was on Netflix, I would have been like, okay, I guess I'll give it a chance. Like, it's it's an interesting concept, I guess, where it's just this person basically talking to herself and, you know, kind of airing out her own therapy about her weird Me Too boyfriend and Me Too agent. Just being a woman in in Hollywood or whatever. And that's, Mm. like, kind of a bullshit throwaway concede anyway but at least it's acted <laughs> like there's yeah. acting in this show but the fact that it's literally a true story about a woman who was dating dan Harmon and then she just wrote it exactly <laughs> i was like mm. this is it's uh, hard yeah, to this, watch <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm starting to feel like quibi is the long-term project of like an undercover cell of deep cover situationists <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> It's just, yeah, we're, we're going to make this app that just entirely collapses the spectacle and drives <laughs> everyone who watches it mad. Yeah, so the, the whole storyline is just never bizarre. never want to watch like, a show the, again. Yeah. Like, the, the doll it's is true. Like trying I to don't make like that. TV anymore. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm homophobic. <laughs> Sorry, Milo, what were you saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the whole thing is just bizarre because like, the doll is trying to make her his real girlfriend jealous of the doll and the doll is like oh yeah you're, you're like jealous of my perfect body and it's like you are a doll 
Yeah. You are plastic. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Here's the thing. This is why I think it's correct to say that this is the first draft of a TV show. Because it's like, yeah, it's basically a real life story, but with one incredibly heavy handed metaphor that is there to serve as the replacement for like, you know, creativity. It's just like, well, here's the way it's different. Here it's it's magical realism about cleaning out some cum from a doll. And um <laughs> Take an everyday situation like cleaning come out of a doll, and then we transport it into a magical realm. Yeah, so it's it's magic. It's basically yeah, it's Quibi doing magical realism. Um, <laughs> it's written by Salman Rushdie, and the doll <laughs> the doll is inhabited by the spirit of the Prophet Muhammad. Fucking Quibi, Carlos Quibi. Yeah. So like, and and what's what I actually then read about it is that um the the the, the writer intended for it to be a series she pitched to a network and then Quibi just bought it and shot it in 18 days. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> um, That's, that is some The Room shit. Yeah. Well, you know what, it's, it's like, the, what I find really interesting about The Room, one of the things that I think is one, one of the reasons I think people talk about The Room that is great. that yeah, it's a, yeah, it's, it's a great movie, better. and also it would feel entirely at home on Quibi. Like <laughs> totally. the, right, you right. consume, you consume the room like mentally in like eight minute segments because <laughs> your brain does not have space for any more without than that. Well, the reason that the room is compelling, right? The reason that people keep watching the room, is, other than that, it's good, is that it is <laughs> it has it has enough money in it that all of the technical people were like competent enough to make something that was more or less didn't look like a student film right, right. like they I, I hired a professional crew and you know tommy we still yeah, paid the wages and it, and it so tricks it your brain into thinking that you are watching a film as opposed to like the ramblings of a madman <laughs> yeah. and quibi so quibi is taking the same relationship between creativity and technical execution that made the room so weirdly compelling and turned it into a multi-billion dollar business. Yes, yeah, it's tricking you into it's tricking your brain into thinking that you are watching TV when in <laughs> fact you aren't. You're watching this weird union busting exercise that incidentally has a script attached to it and was filmed in like four hours yeah. because they had to move the truck. Yeah. <laughs> like, 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 game show just looks like it was filmed on a series of coffee breaks. Um, <laughs> yeah. Dummy is the Dummy is the only one that actually does look like a TV show because, like, this there are tiers of funding for each of their different kinds of shows. So, sure. Dummy was one of their like high budget prestige shows. This is supposed to be prestige TV, but yeah, there's like one, the golden there's arm, like one one the big set. selling point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, they have one set, which is like their bedroom. Yeah, it's just the bedroom and then like the set that they're doing, I guess, Rick and Morty or community on or whatever. Right. Oh, yeah. but, and they have a sex toy like repair shop, which is totally a thing. But this is like a long line of like narcissistic, like ego death navel gazing. You know, like lots of shows have been like this or not really shows, more like novels. There's usually like a certain kind of author who's usually a guy who's just like, I'm going to talk about all of the shit that's in my head that bothers me and I'm going to lay it out bare. Mm -hmm. But it's so 
it's so short changed. I mean, all of those are lame, mm-hmm. <laughs> but this is like a woman doing it and then putting it on Quibi. It's like a, it's yeah. someone dated it, like, and then made a phone show out of yeah. it, basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and you had to keep putting quarters in because it was going to cut off the phone. Yeah. Real doll's yeah. complaint. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so a couple of fun lines from this. Um, Dan Harmon, like the, 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 a, a very hot girl flirting with Dan Harmon, not da- flirting with quote unquote Dan Harmon in the studio played by Flirting Donald with Logue. Simulacrum Dan Harmon. Yeah. Uh, says, oh my God, Rick and Morty is literally my religion. And I must say that apology you gave about crossing romantic boundaries in the workplace was so moving. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. Oh yeah. And that girl has a podcast. That's insane. Who's she yeah. supposed to be? The real girl has a podcast or on the show? The she real girl has a podcast. Yeah. Or no, on the show she has a podcast. Okay. Yeah. It doesn't um, matter anymore. There's no difference. The yeah. map has become the territory. <laughs> she probably yeah. has a podcast in real life too. Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, the podcast is even real. The sex, the sex doll uh, and dummy is the only real person in Quibi. Are we? Are we on Quibi right yeah. now? Yeah. It depends. Actually, what you mean part of an extended universe of a show on Quibi. Well, there is actually an extended universe of Quibi trying to take over the news. So they also have like Vox and NBC yeah. and like Polygon all doing uh, like epic four minute news programs for right, you to consume trying- on your phone. As I was trying to watch these bullshit shows, I kept being confronted with like NBC, the protests in America. <laughs> it's like, oh right, there's a fucking insert like insurrection yeah. going on. <laughs> Thanks, Quibi. <laughs> <laughs> cool, Quibi. Thank you. The Appreciate revolution that. will be. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Anyway, that's like, but that that the, uh, the story of Dummy at that point then is just a pretty standard um sitcom plot of there is a you know it was the, there was a show where jeff goldblum plays a detective who has an overactive imagination and keeps talking to ghosts it's i can't remember it what was it was called, called bones no <laughs> <laughs> it was called jurassic park I mean, listen, the, the high watermark of this for me was uh, I hooked up with a girl and I ended up watching TV because she fell asleep. And I was just like, well, I was, just watch TV. Why not? And what was on was iZombie, where a medical examiner becomes zombified and solves crimes. Right. And I just ended up watching like two episodes of this. And I was just like, yeah, no, this is this is not real anymore. Nothing is real. Everything is melting in front of me. And this is how Quibi has made me feel also. And the medical yeah, examiner had a golden arm for some reason. Yeah. I, always, I, always thought, I always assumed that iZombie was sort of like a spin-off of iCarly. <laughs> <laughs> it's a sequel. iZombie is much better than anything that we saw on on, on Quibi. I'll make that clear. So look, I I want to, by wrapping up, uh, by way of wrapping up Dummy, um, I want to say, yeah, the story is pretty standard. It was Reigns, by the way, is the show with Jeff Goldblum as the overactive imagination detective. Reigns. Anyway, uh, so Dummy is a very, yeah, it's a standard plot. It's like a little bit of magical realism about like a woman coming to terms with, you know, her boyfriend or boyfriend's sexuality and so on. You could really tell that it was shot in 18 days. The thing that I couldn't get over was that just, they were like, that the levels of abstraction where it's the guy playing the guy, but it isn't the guy, and it's Donald Logue. And uh, that part I found to be very, very distracting and it's still hurting the back of my head uh, for a little while. One thing that also was very distracting to me was the fact that it's. N- not clear what aspect ratio it's shot in because mm-hmm. if you turn it landscape 
it cuts off their legs. If you turn it portrait mode, you see more of the picture because it, it's also shot in portrait mode. It's very mm. confusing. But yeah. So it's like, mm. what? how much of the picture is there? It seemed like portrait, like if you turn your phone up like a regular, like up and down, like like half the scene is cut off. Like sometimes two people are talking and then you can only see Right, one it of is them. cutting off the sides, but also if you turn it landscape mode, it's cutting off the top. <laughs> so there's no good way to watch. <laughs> there's this no good way to watch. It was fucking frustrating. That's insane. <laughs> yeah. That's why you have it displayed on my gigantic Quibi screen in my new Quibi. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, a, it's the ratio of a postage stamp, but it's 10 feet wide. Yeah, Where the remote just, is a gigantic golden arm. Yeah, yeah you, You're just like in a smoking jacket with a cravat, swirling some brandy, like, oh, do you guys join me for some rare quibs? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, you like the cider house rules, do you? Well, what about the murder house flips? Mmm, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, the most delectable vintage. <laughs> I have a oh, rare right. show called Survivor Little St. James. Do you know what I realize that like, Quibi shows remind me of? So you know mm. when you're, like, you're on an airplane, right? Like a kind of charter airline and like they have... Yeah, like in Quibi. So far in comparisons, we have a show that you watch after hooking up with a girl and being on an airplane and <laughs> having <laughs> a fever <laughs> dream. And Be, a being on a commercial, being, being on a mid-level airplane where like they have their sort of like internal shows that they have on like their little screen, but you sort of like watch when you can't be fucked, like engaging in a movie. Yeah. Uh, You're on your way to the island. There are some blackmail tapes you can watch to pass the time. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I get what you mean. You, you like you have the yeah. shitty little headset that they give you. Um, yes. and you're watching what like the the the, the video equivalent of Sky Mall. Sky Mall. Right. Every the film show. has Zac Efron in it. And and it's more like <laughs> the, the point of those shows is that like it's basically just supposed to be there to kind of pass time. Whereas the thing that I kind of like found of Quibi was it's the, it's the same kind of level of quality of those shows, but you literally can't do anything else on your phone except for that. That's no. the thing I hated the most about this whole thing was I kept being like, "Where's my phone? I want to look at something else." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, you keep looking for the second smaller screen. Yeah, <laughs> I was literally playing Switch just to be entertained. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Um, I, oh god, is it what? Very quickly, is there anything yeah, yeah, more yeah. perverse than the idea of watching Quibi? on your phone and then occasionally glancing up to check Twitter which you are logged into on your big TV. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did, did you think about that about society? But that made morally, you think about society. Morally repugnant to me yeah. to do that. No, I'm, I'm watching Quibi on my iPhone. I'm watching Quibi yeah. on my iPhone and then pulling out my Nokia 3310 to play Snake. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. All right. I'm 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 bringing this uh these clowns from the circus back into the car. Land the plane, uh, Riley. Yeah. We're all getting into the plane from Survive, uh, which is <laughs> going to the next circus in the next town over. Um and hey, you know what? I want to thank uh Brian Chris from BB Lettuce for being here today. Uh I we well. I had a great time having you on. It was a blast. Thanks for melting my brain with Quibby. Yeah. Oh yeah, always a pleasure. Lo- love to quib. Mm. Yeah. So, so every everybody <laughs> say sorry we made you watch Quibby beep beep lettuce. Sorry we made you watch Quibby beep beep lettuce. It's okay, we forgive you. Um and our daily quib. You have gold poisoning in your arms from your arms being fucked up with too much gold. I'm not apologizing, and if you don't like it, you can we we can see each other in Chrissy's court. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I also want to thank all of our wonderful patrons. 
uh, for listening to this episode about Quibi. Um, you know what it is. Bail, bail fund uh, links are always in the descriptions of episodes at this point. Um, throw yeah. some money uh, at those. However, however the future turns out, because we're recording this on the 1st of June, um, yeah. fraternal greetings to the People's Soviet of the United States, Hell or yeah. alternatively, condolences to the people suffering under the continued fascist boot of President Trump. Yes, either one. A very uh, either one of those uh, will will pick one at the time, or hey, maybe a greeting to all of our people in the the ten thousand little balkanized Americas that have emerged, <laughs> yeah, or or maybe uh, greetings to everybody working on the new psychic pyramids for our alien overlords who yeah. are like mm, healing our divided nation. Yeah, That's right. uh, greetings. I, I voted for Quibi. <laughs> yeah. Greetings to all of all of our listeners who've now all had their stories optioned, but uh, because you made your wish in a monkey's paw, it's been optioned by Quibi. You have ten minutes to shoot it at four dollars. Good luck. <laughs> Quibi is just a robot that like you have ten minutes to film. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. All right. I'm 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 hanging up now. Uh, right. but we will we will talk to you all back in the free episode on Tuesday. Uh, thanks again to BB Lettuce. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for being patron patrons. Uh, don't forget patrons. the bail fund links in the bio. And bio buy a golden shirt. Description. Yes. Buy, and buy, buy, buy a golden a shirt, shirt. Buy a shirt. The theme song is yeah. "Here We Go" by Ginseng. It's possibly the national anthem of the United States now. We yeah, don't who, know. Who the fuck yeah. knows? Which is the international. <laughs> yeah. Later, everybody. Bye. 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 Bye.